Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 323, Save the Pults with Jay Hembry, and I am your co-host and the guy who whacked another deer with the air gun. And I'm your co-host and the guy who lost five pounds yesterday. Mm. <laughs> I already know how you lost five pounds, so I'm going to tell you my story first. <laughs> Please. Yours is more interesting for sure. Really not much to it. I had a, a good hunt Friday afternoon. Had several deer come into the food plot that I was hunting. And one doe just really ticked me off. Oh, yeah. She's just she, looking at you. Uh, From the second she came out directly across the food plot from me, the whole way walking towards me, she never once turned away from me until about five o'clock when it's getting a little too dark to shoot. She finally starts to turn broadside a little bit, but she's still at this stage. She's not even eating. She is just looking at me. Mm -hmm. She stands there. She and I had a staring contest for 15 minutes. And then she walked off, and I never got a chance to get the gun up to get a shot. So oh, dang. I had a vendetta for her. I had a score <laughs> I needed to settle, and Saturday afternoon, she got to go to the processor. All right. Yes, sir. Yeah, you need to get her out of the gene pool. You don't want her teaching the bucks how to do that. No, no, not for a second. So I guess go ahead and share the story with everybody. Well, I'm not going to share all the details, but I'm pretty sure I had a food poisoning or stomach bug episode yesterday, and let's just say I'm carrying around a little less weight. It was a quick and easy purge before turkey season to shed a couple Christmas pounds, so I'm ready and lightweight, ready to walk. That's all I'm going to say about it. I don't want to get into the gory details with y'all. Yeah, would you like to share the name of the restaurant that you ate at in case anyone (laughs) wants to take on the same diet plan that you 
took on? I'm not going to do it because I can't prove that it is, in fact, the restaurant's fault. But if you want to lose weight before turkey season, I know how to do it. It's not a very enjoyable process, but I know how to quickly do it. So, well, Message Cameron. That is CW. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, that's plenty of talk about that. So let's talk about other stuff like the fact that we're 72 days, 13 hours, 2 minutes, and 24 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in the great state of Alabama. Oh, man. And for all of you who want to be extremely jealous of two people, Andy and I are only 37 days, 16 hours, and 7 minutes from turkey hunting in Utah. Talk dirty to me, baby. Talk dirty to me. 37 days. I can I can feel the gazes of our listeners right now. They're just squinting their eyes at us right now. Yeah, and you know all those guys in the Northeast and the Midwest that listen to the show whose seasons don't start until May 1 <laughs> are still looking and listening to, to us. And for me to say our season in Alabama is 72 days away, mm. that's all right. Don't worry, guys. Your turn will come when May two rolls around and our season ends in Alabama and I'm sitting around with my bottom lip poked out while yep. you are enjoying the great outdoors. And the That's right. It, it all comes around, but for now, we will be hunting before you. <laughs> <laughs> that was just sorry, man. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm not going to lie. I really... You know, we may not kill a thing, but it's going to be a really fun trip, so. It's going to be fun. I've been kind of eyeballing the area that we're going, looking at it on Google Earth, because I can just do a, a good bit more spinning around and, oh yeah, you know, get a, a lot better 40 or 50,000 foot view of the area, and I got to tell you, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, I mean, you know me, I haven't looked at the map once. I know, I know. <laughs> Only three times a day to check and make sure those trees didn't move from that creek off the west side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But well, cool. anyway, we've got us a good show today. I yeah. Know that. Yeah, we have us a new guest on the show, a gentleman by the name of Jay Hembry, who is from West Alabama and yep. has a YouTube channel that is called Panola Production. And I yep. think he said during the interview he's moving that over to Panola Brands or Panola brand, and yeah. regardless, Jay does a lot of self-filming of turkey hunts. Yeah, he's really good at it, too. Uh, yeah. I mean, his quality of videos are, are pretty dang good. Yeah, but, you know, we didn't talk about that any, really, about the yeah. self-filming part, so maybe we can get him back on sometime to really kind of dig into that topic with us, but we did talk a good deal about trapping nest predators and saving the poults oh, yeah. and hashtag save the poults that's right and he is having some pretty impressive results from his trapping efforts and we talk about that a good bit today so he's obviously a believer in it and i think we talked about that and a lot of his hunting experience and things like that so i, I think we got a great interview for everybody hopefully pick up on some stuff with the save the poults initiative get out there hashtag save the poults Post some pictures of a coon before you dispatch him, and let's get rid of them. Let's get rid of them, and let's get into the interview. I'm in. See you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. Cameron and I are glad to tell you that we have on the line with us this evening Jay Hembry with Panola Production. And Jay and Cameron and I are going to talk about, you guessed it, turkey hunting. And so... We want to go ahead and get into this thing. And Jay, thank you for taking time out of your evening and joining us. And tell us how you're doing and where you are. I'm doing well. I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk to you guys. It's always easy to talk about turkey hunting. So I live in Livingston, Alabama, in a small town. And I just, I love to turkey hunt. And that's that's kind of led me down this road I'm on. And I'm not sure where it's headed, but... I'm here for it. I hear you. Good deal. So you started Panola Production, what was it, two years? Well, I forget we're in 2021. So was it two years ago or three years ago? Panola Productions was kind of a, it was kind of a funny thing that my brother and I started. Like I've, I've always loved video stuff, used to video going to the pond as a kid. And that translated into turkey hunting when I started turkey hunting. And 
I, I felt like I needed the name for our videos. So there's there's a small town near where we used to hunt and called Panola, so it just kind of fit with productions. Mm-hmm. And so that so that was the thing for a while. And I you know I made several turkey hunting videos, and then it it got a little more serious, and I started thinking that maybe I needed to do something bigger. And uh, Panola Productions came about probably shoot man probably nine or ten years ago. Okay. So this this past this past summer, I did a lot of thinking, and uh, I felt like I needed to do something bigger. So I I kind of stepped back and and you know looked at things and came up with Panola Brand, and uh, that's that's kind of what I've been working on all summer and fall and heading into the spring. I'm trying to trying to do something with Panola Brand, and I'll let you guys kind of take it from there. But that's that's kind of how the Panola Productions Panola Brand thing got going. Okay. Yeah. So if somebody, because you have a, the Panola Productions portion is your YouTube series, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm not sure that I'll stick with Panola Productions as far as the name goes, but yeah, that's what it is for now. If you if you wanted to look up a YouTube channel, it's Panola Productions on YouTube, Panola, P-A-N-O-L-A. And, you know, I've got I've got a whole season's worth from 2019 episodes on there, and I'm I'm actually starting to drop 2020 episodes tonight. So by the time you hear this, there'll probably be a few on there, but, and then the Panola brand is, is, you know, I've got some apparel shirts and hats and different stuff and that's www.panolabrand.com. And that's brand with no S. Right. Brand B-R-A-N-D. Okay. Yep. All right. Very nice. good. Yeah. Well, you guys listening, y'all go and check out Jay's YouTube channel and check out the websites and you know new turkey hunt videos and here we are first of the year and if you blink for very long you might miss half a turkey season because it's going to be here in a hurry mm-hmm. so not not much else to get you more fired up about turkey hunting than listening to some turkey hunters talk about turkey hunting but also watching some turkey hunts happen so hopefully yeah. we can get some more folks over to your youtube channel and get some folks over to your website to to look at some of the products that you have on there but i'm looking forward to seeing some of your 2020 hunts that you got coming up yes sir 2020 was a it turned out video wise to be pretty good you know the lord blessed me with some good hunts and you know i was able to able to capture most of them pretty well on camera now it's this is no professional quality by any means, you know, but I, I do my best. I, I carry a GoPro around with me and, and I've got a bigger camera that I use, you know, and some turkeys cooperated. So I'm, I'm excited to, to hear some feedback on those hunts. You know, I, the, the main reason that I do it, I'm, I'm not trying to be a, you know, a celebrity hunter or anything like that. I'm just an average hunter. I'm trying to get better every season. And I, I love sharing hunts with people. I, I used to love sharing them with my, just my family and my dad loves watching them and still loves watching them. But you know, the main reason I do it is just to share it with other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And do you, from most of the videos I've watched, you've mostly been alone hunting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, well, when I hunt here at home, a lot of times I'm with my brother. Uh, I've got two brothers, two older brothers and an older sister, but I'm with my middle brother most of the time here. Um, occasionally I'm alone when I'm at home. Occasionally I'm with my other brother or my dad. But yeah, when I start traveling and stuff, which I've only been doing that for about three years, I'm I'm typically by myself most of the time. And it was it was a little discouraging because I wanted to video hunts, but at the same time, like I knew how difficult it it is to self film. I mean, it's it's a chore, and you know, to get anything worth watching, it it takes a little takes a little planning, takes a little luck you know, all that good stuff. And, and I finally kind of came up with a system as far as my cameras go that I'm comfortable with. And it doesn't really take away from my hunting too much. So, uh, yeah, I'm, when I'm traveling, I'm on my own most of the time, but it's, it's nice on those days when I've, all I've got to do is run the camera or somebody's run the camera for me for sure. Yeah. I watched one of your videos, I think from the 2019 season and you were hunting in Alabama and I believe your brother was with you. One of your brothers was with you on that hunt, and it was raining. And you guys got a little bit tired of dealing with the storms coming in and going out, and just decided to hole up in a shooting house for <laughs> a little while. Yeah, I don't think that was a shooting house. That looked more like a cabin to me. <laughs> That's funny you say that because my my dad is my dad's going to be seventy this month, and he's is 
he actually just had a knee replacement and my dad's the one that taught me to turkey hunt taught me to fish taught me to do all that stuff and Mm -hmm. my dad is a a really really good turkey hunter but he his knees have gotten so bad he can't get around like he used to and you know can't chase them like he wants to and and so dad's dad's hunting's kind of come full circle he's he's gotten back to you know he likes to go sit in comfort and he likes to have a place to stretch his legs out so yeah he built that shooting house and it, it is a monster. Um, <laughs> we put it up on a, on a green field that is a pretty big field. And, and I actually just sat in it yesterday for the first time all year, but it, you know, it's, it's bug proof, but, and he laid the designs out and had it all, you know, built it all himself. And so that was, that was one of dad's projects, but that's what he loves to do. You know, he likes to sit up there and watch more than anything now. So, you know, more power to him. Yeah. Shoot, man. It was it was a good shelter. It was a good shelter out of the rain on that particular day, though. <laughs> it looks like it'd be a good shelter out of the rain, out of the cold, the heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it's a pretty nice looking shooting house for for sure. So it was, yeah. Uh, that was pretty funny. So Andy, you wanna you wanna quiz him before we get any further uh, in? I was just about to say that we on the show do a thing we call the rapid fire Q and a where we go through and ask new people that we're interviewing on the show, new guests, just general questions about Turkey hunting, kind of their preferences about things. And usually I put a timer on them so we can see if we can, you know, if you can beat the fastest time, I know how competitive some of us Turkey hunters can be (laughs) or some of us hunters just in general. And are you up for the challenge? Do you want to tackle this today? I'm up for the challenge. Let's do it. All right. Let me get the let me get the questions here. Let me get the stopwatch so, ready. So is the is the objective speed or accuracy? Whatever you want it to be. <laughs> Remember, there are this is your preferences. There are no correct answers. Right. So uh, I would say accuracy may not be even a factor. <laughs> yeah, right. In, y'all won't know the difference, will you? But no. It, if there's a question and you want to answer it with a 10 minute answer, you go for it. <laughs> yeah. We've had guests gonna, do that. It's so. gonna kill my. It's gonna kill my time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you can give us the Will Primos answer, or you can give us the Ray I answer. Uh, the right. Will Primos right. answer right. is a dissertation. <laughs> And, well, and the I, can, I can do both. One word. Yeah, I could absolutely do both. I want to win, but I also want to be thorough. Well, we're we're so gonna let we'll, you we'll decide. We'll see how it shakes out. All right. We'll see, how, All right. we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. So I'll start the clock when I start the first question. Okay. Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? Fried. Wild turkey on the rocks, neat with cola or with water? Water. Number of grand slams? Zero. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? No. Have you ever killed a Jake? Yes. A 10-minute successful hunt on a two-year-old or a four-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a four-year-old? Two-year-old all day. Favorite camo pattern? Mossy oak, original bottomland, or green leaf. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? Uh, For the dog right now. I might experiment later. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Way less. The state you killed your first turkey in? Alabama. The state you killed your last turkey in? Wisconsin. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Run and gun. Field turkeys or woods turkeys? Woods turkeys. Pump or automatic? Automatic. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight or beads? Red dot sight. Rubber boots, leather boots or snake boots? Rubber. You roost a bird this afternoon and it's pouring rain at daylight. Do you hunt? Yes. Your favorite place you've ever hunted? Uh, River Bottoms in West Alabama. Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Uh, 13. The least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? No, zero. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? Oh, shoot. Alabama, gotta be. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? Yep. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? Ooh, 6.5. Favorite turkey hunting book? Old Pro Turkey Hunter. Who taught you how to turkey hunt? My dad. Think of the tur- the toughest turkey you ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? Yes. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? 
first. The biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? Uh, moving at the wrong time. How long does turkey season last in heaven and what is the bag limit? Mm, all year round. <laughs> Infinite. <laughs> Bigger fear during turkey season, snakes or spiders? Neither really, but snakes if I had to choose. Three minutes and 11 seconds. Not bad. So pretty strong. So our fastest time what? is Tony Reynolds with two minutes and 48.89 seconds. Man. Tony, That's pretty close. Yeah, it is. Tony did get three different questions than you got just from the Rios or Osceolas. And then if you were to say Rios, I would say Rios or Easterns. And if you said Easterns, I would say Easterns or Merriams. Yeah, that was a bit quick to answer out there. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll give you... I feel like I've, I've got the record for the modified format. That may be true. <laughs> you have the record for the modified format. There's no question about it. <laughs> there we go. We're going to go on yeah. record. And you All did right. it with some accuracy, too, because yeah. when I asked the question about how good of a turkey caller you think you are, and you said 6.5, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not being the judge of the 6.5 because I have heard you turkey call. I've watched your, your videos. I'm not the judge of that. You are. So you think you're 6.5, <laughs> not a 6 and not a 7, but a 6.5. <laughs> so that's pretty darn accurate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little better than average. Yeah. Hey, I've I've hunted I've hunted with Jared Lowe last spring. I mean, I you know I'd put my calls away when he started calling. Yeah, I, I do that with everybody I hunt with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoyed that. Thank you for playing along. It just gives everybody a chance to get to know you a little bit better. And you know, those are questions that yeah. people would ask you if you were sitting around the campfire after a hunt. You know, in the evening. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's kind of fun personally. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Good deal. I uh, noticed, I kind of one thing that caught my eyes. You've been kind of getting behind this Save the Pulse initiative. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. look at you and another fellow on Instagram, the Wild Turkey Report. Y'all are both kind yep. of hitting it pretty hard right now. So, are you trapping right now? My traps are getting ready to be trapped. <laughs> I'm preparing right now. Usually, we don't on our on our property we don't start until maybe the last week of january and then we hit them hard for probably four weeks or five weeks leading right up to turkey season and uh you know we'll typically we'll pull all our traps right before season starts so we don't have to keep going in there and you know moving around too much but yeah we we usually hit them hard for that four or five week stretch there how many acres working on it it's close to 800 okay and so how many traps do you think y'all run on that? Anywhere from three to four dozen. And, you know, we'll, we'll put them, put them pretty heavy in areas. And then after a week or so, we'll move them to new areas and so on and so forth until we feel like we've covered it pretty well. Have you noticed a difference on the property since you started doing that? Absolutely. Um, really? It's probably, yeah, it's probably been I'm trying to think when we really got into it. it probably six or seven years ago is when we started it. And, you know, you got to take into account timber management and those sorts of things as well. Mm-hmm. But overall, taking out taking out the coons and the possums, you know, as, as many as 100 coons in one year, man, it's, it's made a big difference. I mean, you can, it's, it's one of those things you might only see, it's, it's, take your winter flocks, for example. So maybe our, our winter flocks were, you'd see 10 turkeys, that was about average there for a while. And then a couple seasons later, it was 15 turkeys. And, you know, a couple seasons later, it was 20 turkeys. And, I mean, I just sat on the field the other day and, and saw 40-something. And I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. And so I'm I'm, I'm convinced that it makes a difference. It's it's only a little bit at a time, but, you know, it all it all adds up in the end. Yeah. And, it, and you know, it it can be affected too by other things. I mean, you're, you're never going to beat mother nature or anything. I mean, but you know, we've had some bad floods and that sort of stuff to contend with. But overall, I think if you, if you love to turkey hunt, it's, it's worth the effort in my opinion. Yeah. Are you trapping just coons and possums? Or are you trapping cats and dogs too? My brother dabbles trapping cats and dogs. He, you know, he, he tries to, he tries to flex on me a little bit and, you know, act like he's better at trapping those than he is he catches one or you know it's i'll say one to five a year and mm-hmm. 
uh, I, I know nothing about it. So I guess, you know, he, he knows more than I do, but we don't, we don't try to trap those as much. And one reason is they just take so long to set. I've, I've been with him, you know, when he sets them and stuff and it, it takes a good while to set, to set a good trap for a coyote or a, a bobcat or something, you know, so the uh, dog proof traps is what we use for coons and they're, they're pretty simple. They're, they're quick. You can set a few in a, in a little area and then move on and, you know, it doesn't take up too much time. Yeah. Do What's you, the, uh, another question on the, on the trapping, do you think that trapping the coons and possums has gotten easier now that baiting for deer with corn is legal? Well, that's one strategy that we've kind of evolved over time is, is kind of gang setting our traps. And, and that's, that's basically what it is. You, you take a feeder that's been throwing out for a while corn or whatever you you keep getting these game camera pictures of i mean five ten fifteen coons at a, at a feeder mm-hmm. you go and you you know depending on how many you, you've seen in one picture you go set you half a dozen or a dozen traps in that one spot and you'll you'll you know let it set a few nights you'll catch a good many of them doing that and then once it slows down you can you can kind of move around to another feeder and so on and so forth so yeah it definitely concentrates them for you i mean it, it makes it easier to catch multiple coons instead of having to run a line where you're just sitting one and two here moving 50 yards or 100 yards and sitting one or two you can go kind of put all your eggs in that basket pretty quick yeah Mm -hmm. do you turn the feeder off when you run the traps there and just put corn in the trap is that how you're doing it no i've never really thought to do that we just we just let it throw out you know we we bait with different things Uh, that's one of those things you could you could probably come up with several different things to bait with we use cat food we've used sardines we've used different stuff one of the main things we use is a marshmallow on the trigger like a big marshmallow and then and then put a cherry on top of the marshmallow and maybe a little bit of cherry juice with it or something or you know we keep some fish oil in a squirt bottle seems to me the fishier stuff catches possums more and you know the the sweeter stuff catches coons more but that's just my my observation yeah well if you go out there one day and you see me with my hand stuck in one of those traps <laughs> holding on to a marshmallow, marshmallow and a cherry, cherry. don't get mad uh, i'm just oh, after the marshmallow and the cherry i don't care about anything else i can send you a bag if you need it <laughs> <laughs> hey, i you, might take you up on that no with like turkey season approaching and stuff when you go in there to check your traps are you shooting them in the head with the 22 or are you killing them with a the neck choker yeah. thing? No, we we pretty much shoot them between the eyes with a twenty two. Um, okay. I think my bro- my brother uses twenty two shorts a lot, and that that's pretty quiet. I use these little. I don't know if y'all have ever seen them. They're called a gila or somebody like that makes them called super calibres or something. They're I think all they have is a primer in them. I think they yeah don't have any powder, so it's, it sounds almost like a pellet gun. But mm. I mean, you you hit them in, right between the eyes, and it it does the job. I I shoot them out of a lever action henry lever action 22 and that thing's pretty quiet so it's not like you're making a lot of noise you know yeah deal well keep wearing them out yeah yeah well we won't try to man that you know but the goal was when i kind of came up with that i i you think about turkey hunting turkey hunting is very clicky you know everybody likes this call or that call or this brand or that brand and um you know I, i i was trying to think of I wanted to do some good with the brand and everything, and uh, I kept thinking of what would bring turkey hunters together. What's one thing everybody wants, and that's more turkeys. And, you know, it's it's worked on our place. And David Hawley runs, uh, he works for Mossio Properties. He runs a wild turkey report, and he lives right here in town with me. And so I, I had talked to him about it and kind of told him what I was thinking about, and he kind of got on board with me, and, and we decided, you know, to, to try to kind of push it, you know, between the two of us and, it's it's catching on i've had several people message me about trapping and kind of what to do and that sort of stuff and you know it there's a lot of things that have gone viral <laughs> in our lifetime on the internet and you know i not that saving the pulse is ever going to go viral but if if it can become a little more trendy you know i mean i i think it's just going to improve turkey populations and that's that's one thing that's always here in the past 10 years been a topic of discussion in any coffee shop you go into you know and people people come in and you typically hear you know how how many turkeys they're not seeing and hadn't heard any gobbles and usually i've seen this many by now and i hadn't seen any and you know i mean people can people can help themselves by trapping and 
you know, it's I know I know not everybody has private land to do it on, but I'm pretty sure you can do it on public land as well. Yeah, it's definitely something that that we all need to be doing more of. Even I mean, it may sound silly, even if you trap one coon during deer season. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's all you got time to do, you know, set one trap and you catch one coon and you dispatch that one coon, you don't know. Yep. You may have saved eight or ten bolts. That's right. That, that and next year. Here, you know, I'll, I'll read this to you, and I know y'all probably seen it, but just in case anybody's listening and, you know, needs an example, I posted this the other day on, on Panola Brand's Instagram. This is just kind of a – I'm not a turkey biologist by any means, so this is just kind of a simplified way to look at things. Um a hen, a hen lays her eggs, and she's basically going to have eggs on the ground for about 40 days before they hatch. So nest predators are what we're talking about. That's coons, possums, skunks, those sorts of things. If you take one day and you say one day equals one opportunity for something to destroy that nest, and that's probably that's probably a low estimate. You know, I mean, you all it takes is five minutes out of one day for a coon to destroy a nest. So. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we'll say one day is one opportunity. So you got 40 opportunities to destroy a single nest for one raccoon. Now, if you've got eight raccoons, you multiply that times 40 days, that's 320 opportunities to destroy that one single nest. You multiply the number of you multiply the uh, number of nests in any given area times the number of coons or possums or whatever. I mean, the number just keeps going up. So it's it's really almost a miracle that hens are able to to lay their eggs and nest and, and hatch poults and that we have gobblers to hunt, you know. And so anything we can do to help them, any little bit helps. And, um, yeah. you know, it's 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 pretty staggering once you start looking at the numbers. And there's there's biologists that have a lot better statistics than I do, but I, I know from experience it's made a difference on our property. Yeah. And and one one thing, this is thinking out loud too, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I wasn't alive back in the day of all the coon hunters and stuff, but it seems like there's not near as many coon hunters today from what I know about coon hunters. And mm-hmm. so what you end up with is a, is a lot of properties, private properties and public, that are basically overrun with raccoons. I mean, does that make sense to y'all? Yeah, it makes perfectly good sense. Not only do you not have the coon hunters that you had and you know 20 40 50 years ago but the fur market has gone to pot that's right so a lot of people you know especially up north there was a lot of trapping that went on for yeah i hate to say for for income purposes because it really you know people that trap up there tell you they trap because they're passionate about it and they're passionate about their their management of their herd of other animals whether it's quail or turkeys or deer or whatever it happens to be but man so many of them have stopped because it's cost them so much money to run a trap line and they can't sell what they're trapping to make enough money to even break even doing it you know and they were just barely breaking even when the fur market was good so you know it's kind of a double whammy when you look at all that and i i think if somebody were to really and maybe somebody has, and I'm just not aware of it, but we're really to sit down and look at, okay, when did we start seeing coon hunting decline, the number of coon hunters decline? And when did we start seeing fur prices really drop? And mm-hmm. kind of look at that and say, okay, well, when did we start to see the turkey population decline, you know, in the southeast, and I, I'm going to use the southeast as an example because there are still quite a few states in the northeast that have good populations of turkeys that are increasing. Right. So, That's you know, exactly I don't right. necessarily want to want to throw them into the mix because, you know, maybe you could make an argument that, okay, they're still, you know, they're not trapping as many nest predators up there, but their population's increasing. Well, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think any of us are going to point the finger at one single thing if we're being rational no. as to what the decline of the turkey population is. But I I would just about bet you there's some correlation in the southeast between trapping nest predators and hunting nest predators and the decline of the yep. wild turkeys. Yeah. I agree. Definitely. We I've seen more coons now than ever before by a wide margin Mm -hmm. i mean we had Mm -hmm. a grain field that we were cutting and we went out there one night and 
there literally was no less than 40 raccoons in that field. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. and we did use an AR and kind of may have gotten rid of a few of them, but yeah. it's just kind yeah. of unbelievable how many raccoons, especially like you're hunting in swamp bottoms. That's what we own. It, it seems like they're just thriving in the swamps even more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you, you know, you add in the fact, of course, I mean, they're, they're probably going to survive anywhere you put them just about, but you, you add in the fact that everybody and their brothers got you know feeders throwing out corn mm-hmm. for four and five months now and that just they don't have to work for their food they just sit there and get fat and you know none of them are starving out that's for sure you know jay we might get more traction on this trapping thing with population if you just put it along the lines of you know these raccoons are eating all of the corn out of your corn feeders and your deer not getting any of it. You need to get rid of your, your raccoons. And then we yeah, can reap I've, the benefits of that. As I have hunters. heard that argument from, from many deer hunters. And yeah. I know y'all have to. Yeah. Yeah. Raccoons are eating all my corn. Yeah, if we could get the deer hunters in behind it, then we'd really be on to something. That's exactly right. I, and I'm in, in all seriousness, I've thought about this, and I don't know the logistics behind it. I don't know any of the financials behind it. But if the state is is concerned about wild turkey populations declining which from everything that i've read it seems like you know that's the concern then why don't they push some kind of raccoon bounty or some kind of program you know that i mean and maybe there's something out there and i don't know about it like i said i'm just thinking out loud here but you know if if the state department could get behind it that would that would go a long way in my opinion yeah yeah bring a tail and get a couple bucks or something per per yeah, coon tail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and like I said, I don't know where that money's coming from, but you know. Well, they're bound to have some extra money from the license sales from the COVID year. <laughs> That's right. Take the surplus COVID license sales and use it. Or, you know, how about the what is it? $16 baiting permit that we have to buy to be able to legally bait yeah. in the state of Alabama that the federal government is matching three to one that's right use that it's a lot of money tennessee is a non-baiting state still so down there in alabama can you keep your feeders running during turkey season or do you have to cut them off i don't think you can i think you've got to cut them off i think all the feed has to be off the ground two weeks or 15 days before season opens yeah if Mm. i'm not mistaken that's right. So the way I interpret it, you're feeding the raccoons. They're getting free meals all winter long, fattening them up big time. And then you cut off their food source right before nesting mm-hmm. season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you got a bunch of fat raccoons that are used to a high caloric intake. <laughs> yep. Yep. R- running around now. <laughs> Starving That's to death. exactly right. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, though, I've never really thought about that till y'all were talking about the corn feeders. And I was like, well, heck, I bet everybody cuts them off for turkey season. So then they're yeah. all out looking for food now. And uh, guess who's providing the food? Yeah, ain't no doubt about it. Cameron, you're a lot smarter than I ever gave you credit for. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. I didn't know you gave me credit for being smart at all. Well, you married Audrey. That's the only point you got in your book up until today. Yeah. That was a good move by me, but it was. So anyway, what are you in the in the process of trying to get a super slam? What is your your goal on? Are you just traveling just to extend your turkey season, Jay? No, I, I'm. I am. I haven't really. I've told some friends and stuff, but I'm not really put it out there that hey, that's what I'm trying to do. But I had I had some stuff happen a few years ago. I, I got divorced and was sitting around the house and had never hunted outside of Alabama. And I, I felt like I needed to do something. And mm-hmm. I had a buddy that kept telling me to come to Minnesota. And I planned a trip and went up there and killed one. And it, it kind of lit a fire under me. And it was right before Dave Owen started the Pinhoti Project. And I started reading about him and, and a super slam. And I thought, that's, that's pretty cool, you know. And me being newly single, I, I said, that's something I can put my my focus and my time and energy into and and uh so i started doing that planning in the off season and um i think 2019 was my first year i really traveled much and i hit several states that year and then last year hit several more states and it's man it's it's really fun it's it's one of the funnest things i've ever done and i'm glad i did it i'm i think i'm sitting at 11 states right now and i've had a few close calls in other states but 
you know, it's, it's introduced me to people that I probably would have never met otherwise. And I've made some good friends doing it. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is like you, you see parts of the world that you probably wouldn't have ever seen had you not been turkey hunting. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a pretty cool deal. Yeah. What's the plan for this coming spring? Do you know yet? Oh man, my, my true fashion is to wing it, but I've, I've got my sights set on a couple states, you know, off the bat. And then from there, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'll, I'll be going back to South Florida for the third year in a row and haven't killed there yet, but I need you to go down there to last Georgia. Year? Yeah, I went down there. La- I went down there the last two years few, with a buddy of mine. Down there last year, wasn't it? Do what? There were a few people down there with you, I bet, last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A healthy handful. <laughs> it was nuts. I was down there myself. It yeah. was absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. Hopefully it won't be as bad this year, but who knows take it take it as it comes i guess um the way i look at it even if you know we keep going back and we're not successful we're learning something every time at least we're learning what not to do you know yeah narrowing it down eventually yeah eventually one of these days we're bound to you know just run across one but i plan on going to georgia pretty early and got my butt kicked over there a couple times and and then from there i'm not real sure uh i i want to travel more but i have a full-time job so it's you know, you got to balance that whole thing. So we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. What about y'all? Y'all got, y'all got any plans right now? Yeah. Cameron and I yeah. are going to Utah here in about 45 days or so. And, uh, nice. we're going to try that. And actually, 38 days. Yeah. I was going to say it's less than that. We're in the thirties now. So huh. I've already killed in Utah. Cameron has not. So we're, going to hopefully get that marked off his list and then mm-hmm. from there i've got maryland delaware i hope rhode island massachusetts and connecticut are well will hopefully all be new states for me to kill in and mm-hmm. or i should say will be new states for me to hopefully kill in and <laughs> so that'd be five marked off the list. The only other thing that I know I have planned is I think I've been tricked into going back to Michigan in May. It was oh, yeah. really hard to do. It was, yeah. I mean, that was difficult. You know, Cameron said, hey, yeah. do you want to go to Michigan in late May? And I said, yeah. So <laughs> looks that's, like that's I'm going a wise back choice. there. <laughs> wise choice. So, and I killed Michigan in, well, in 2020, last year now. So yeah. I did too. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a good place. Yeah, Michigan good was good to me. That was that was my biggest biggest turkey to date. Good well, deal. What about you, Cameron? I'll be, unless something changes, I'm not going to make it to Florida this year. I did kill in Florida last year, but I'll be starting my season, well, Utah with Andy, obviously, in February, and then uh, going to go to South Carolina, and then... Well, I'll go to Mississippi or Georgia for two weekends and then go to South Carolina. And then after mm-hmm. that, I'll be pending a draw in Illinois, doing a draw in Arkansas, potentially. And I know for sure I'm doing Virginia and Maryland and Michigan. And there should be some more. Uh, I had it lined out where I should hunt 10, 10 or so states this year. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, that's, that's a solid lineup. Yeah, yeah, it should be. It, uh, I want to hunt 60 days, and as of right now, I have 58 days lined out to hunt. I need two more, so it's very tempting to go to Florida for a weekend, but that's a long <laughs> drive for a weekend. <laughs> it sure is. But, Ain't no doubt. Are both of y'all doing the, trying the Super Slam? Yeah, yeah, Andy's almost done, so. Oh, really? I wouldn't go that far. After this season, well, you're you... going to be right there, man. What are y'all at right now? I'm at 35 right now. Yeah, I think I'm at 18. Yeah. Yeah. Cameron's been, what, three years into it, Cameron? Yeah, it's been a good first three years after it. Last year was a big year for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I I killed that three years ago, killed that bird in Minnesota, so I don't don't really count that because I went back to Minnesota this year. So, you know, I've I've basically gotten 11 in two years, and, you know, that's a that's a pretty solid average. I don't know how long it's going to take me, but I'm yeah. I'm not as worried about how long it takes me as making sure I get the most out of it. You know. There yeah. you go. That's that's definitely. What's been? It. And 
this, and I don't know if y'all got to go or whatever, but I got a question for y'all. I was kind of talking to Cameron about this the other day in the messages. In, in my experience, when somebody says, what was your toughest state? That's a very relative question mm-hmm. because I may go there and I may Mississippi last year. We all know Mississippi's, you know, has a reputation as one of the toughest states. Andy and I went it. last year and <laughs> I went last year and killed one on, on opening day. Now it took me all eve, you know, all day and I killed one in the evening and you know or whatever but if somebody asked me was mississippi tough well yeah it was but i killed one on opening day so you know it's it's all relative to like what your own experience was but in in what what y'all have experienced what's some of y'all's toughest states so far that you have killed in go ahead cameron alabama and arkansas (laughs) that i have not killed in (laughs) arkansas though oh really yeah how many times have you hunted the past two years yeah and I'm, I'm worried about that one. Arkansas's pretty tough. Andy's been mm-hmm. the past two years as well, and it's whooped us pretty good. Alabama, I went to school in Alabama, and I did kill one and a Jake, and I was happy to have them both because I hunted them pretty hard. <laughs> and he's sworn yeah. off the state. And ever I will since not be graduated. Back. Those are the safest turkeys from Cameron Weddington on planet Earth if they're on the <laughs> Alabama side of the, of the line. <laughs> Uh, oh goodness well for me i mean you're you're exactly right jay people always say the turkeys in mississippi are tough but i hunted mississippi four different times over two different seasons and Mm -hmm. killed one turkey and should have killed Mm -hmm. three Mm -hmm. so is mississippi tough or did i make it tough well right if you if you want to know the truth, for me, my my point of view is I made it tough. Mississippi was yeah. not tough. You know, I could have killed. Yeah. I could have killed. The second time I went, I could have killed about three minutes after fly down, and I sat down in the wrong spot. I sat wedged between two trees, and I could not move to my right at all. And of course. Mm-hmm that's where my shot opportunity was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, had I not, and the only reason that a real reason that I sat down right there is because the area I was in was flooded and it was one of about five trees that was not underwater. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to me, Mississippi was not all that hard. I'll go back and hunt Mississippi anytime. I loved it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Birds gobble. There's quite a few birds and, you know, public land, it's plentiful. There's competition by all means, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's so much public land. It spreads it out pretty good. Yeah. And, but I, I had a great experience there. So I'm, I'm not even going to put Mississippi on that list. In fact, I don't even know that I'm putting, I'll put Arkansas on the list. I have not killed there, but I had two phenomenal hunts this past year. And had a turkey standing behind me in full strut, gobbling and drumming three yards behind me. <laughs> My screw up. But That's the Alabama special right there. Long story, but it's a great story. I've got all the audio, and it's just a, I mean, it's just a phenomenal hunt. And I walked out of there with a smile on my face. I mean, I could not, you know, other than the fact that I need a turkey in Arkansas, it could not have been a better hunt. Yeah, but, right. You know, I'd have to put Arkansas on the list. And as far as states that I've killed in that were difficult, man, we had a hard time in Arizona. But I think it's just because they, the theory is they had a pretty big die-off in the area that we hunted Mm -hmm. in the winter. I think they had about nine feet of snow that winter. And I think they had a pretty significant die-off. So the number of birds was really, really low. So... Mm -hmm. Arizona was pretty tough. I had to tell you, I hate Texas. <laughs> I hate Texas turkeys. They are so pressured. It's like Alabama turkeys all over again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people, you always see in these hunting videos or hunting shows, oh, we're going to Texas. And, you know, you see these Rios just running over people to come yeah. to their calling. And... What I saw were Rios running the other direction from calling. <laughs> and I, no, I'll tell you, happened. I'm not a great caller, but I don't think I'm that bad. 
So I don't know. It's it's tough to say. You know, really, I think that there have been a lot of states that I think because we hunt tough birds in the southeast, and and I'm mm-hmm. going to say especially in Alabama, there's been a lot of states that I don't think were as difficult as they could have been. Right. Conditioned to the, the birds already. Yeah. I mean, when you hunt turkeys that don't gobble, yeah. <laughs> it's a luxury yeah. going to a state that, yeah, they might be pressured, but they gobble. Yeah, definitely know what you mean. So, yeah. one of, one of the toughest turkeys that I killed was, and I was very surprised because you think of some of the northeastern state as, as you know, some of the I guess quote unquote easier birds, um, but that's not the case because in in Vermont I could not find a turkey for a, I mean I was there for ten days and I hunted Massachusetts, New York, and Vermont, and I could not find the turkey in Vermont, and I finally found one, and he was one of the toughest turkeys that. I mean, I ended up killing him, you know, so he was one of the toughest turkeys that I had killed and probably still have killed to this day. He was on a piece of public and he just, he gobbled probably three or four times just enough. And, and he came in almost reluctantly, but he had his head on a periscope the whole time. And, you know, I'm, even though I had to check him in with a, a wildlife agent and he, he told me, he said, that place you killed him on, he said, he gets pounded. And it was like the last day or two of the season. And, you know, so that, that kind of opened my eyes a little bit, you know, that, hey, it's just it's just all relative to your own experience. You know, I went at the end of the season, and, you know, that bird had obviously been hammered pretty good to be acting like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Vermont was pretty tough for me last year as well. It was hard to find them, like you said. I, I think they had been hit pretty hard last year. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's like that every year, but that I killed mine in 2019, and it was definitely my experience there. Yeah, yeah. I was in Vermont in 2019. It was not a cakewalk, but I killed. Yeah, yeah. It was decent. I mean, it, it just was. It was crazy because we hunted New Hampshire, and it was fantastic. And then we drove to Vermont, which is a bordering state, kind of thinking it'd be, you know, pretty yeah. similar. Yeah. And it was like night and day. <laughs> Holy crap, what happened? Cameron, tell Jay how many pellets you found in your Vermont bird when you cleaned it. Uh, Not your pellets. Yeah, I mean, I I found, like, there was at least three different, it had been shot at least three times. (laughs) Jay, the bird I killed in Vermont had two different kinds of pellets in it other than what I was shooting. Yeah. I wonder, what's... People just not know how far they are, or you think? Or what's the deal? <laughs> Maybe Vermont people try to shoot them in the legs or something. I have no idea. That's where these pellets yeah, were. That's, I'm the I mean, yeah. that's where all of mine, the breasts were perfect. And then when I was eating the legs, I chomped down on a piece of lead. And then I think one was some TSS. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, it was obvious he had been shot at a bunch of times. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, if I hear a strange noise outside and I go out there and somebody shoots at me and peppers me in the butt, I'm probably not going to go back to that noise outside. <laughs> I will I will know. That's kind of the same thing with turkeys, you know. I mean, it's only so many times they can get shot at. Yeah. 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 Well, they're, they're uh, resilient, too, but it, it is yeah. interesting how certain states like that, you know, that's a northeastern state. You'd think it'd kind of be along the lines of the other ones, but it sure seems like people in Vermont must hunt a lot more than yeah. the bordering yeah. state. That's what I'm picking up on. And and I I forgot about this one until we were talking about it. I hunted on the last day of their season. It was the last day I was going to be there. I had to fly out before noon, so I could only hunt for about an hour. And I found one, that guy, that wildlife agent I was talking to, sent me to a place, and I found one. He was two-thirds of the way up a pretty steep little mountain, and I got up to him, and I kind of, I felt like I played him kind of passively, you know, not not really being too aggressive or anything, and when I called, that turkey would shut up, and he got to gobbling again. I called, and he shut up again, and he wasn't coming. He, he had just heard calling, I think is what it was, and I finally made a loop and, and went up the mountain and got even with him and then a little above him and started going to him and he had started gobbling again and I got within 80 yards of him and sat down and he was hammering and I just did a couple clucks and scratched in the leaves and he didn't say another word and so you know it was it was basically the same thing that I had just dealt with with that turkey and uh one of my other buddies had kind of struggled in Vermont too they ended up killing but you know it, it just it must be a tough state like y'all said it's just a bunch of people turkey hunting I guess yeah 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 
I think, you know, when you get up there and you're, you're in those smaller states where you can drive for an hour and you're in another state, a neighboring mm-hmm. state, and now your turkey bag limit just went from one bird for the season to two birds or three birds just by driving an hour. Mm-hmm. It's nothing for those men and women up there just to load up in the morning at, you know, an hour before daylight, drive to their yeah. hunting spot and hunt all day long, turn around and drive home. Yeah. It wouldn't do us very well down here, would it? No, <laughs> no, not at uh, all. So yeah. I, that's probably got a lot to do with it. Plus, you know, I've been cussing a five bird bag limit in the state of Alabama for years but mm-hmm. having a five bird limit if your goals just kill a few turkeys each season and have a good time why would you drive across the state line right that's right but if you only got to kill one and you killed yeah. that bird the first yeah. morning of season man I'll drive 12 hours <laughs> to get the opportunity to kill another one no doubt so yeah it's it's an interesting area up there and I don't know that whole experience of hunting in the Northeast. I loved it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I did too. It was different than anything I'd ever done. And that was really my first kind of big trip. I'll I'll tell y'all a funny story, I guess, while we're talking turkey hunting, that was my first big trip and I went around Memorial day. So my plan was to fly up there, get a rental car from the airport and then use that for 10 days and basically sleep in it. You know, if I, if I had to get a hotel a night or two, I could. But I got up there at like 11 o'clock on a Friday night. Walk up to the rental car counter. The dude says, uh, your license is expired. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you sure? I looked at it. It, is, it has expired three days before. How'd you get on the airplane? I, yeah, that's I don't awesome. know. I, I, I think I had a passport is what it was. Okay. So <clears throat> in the back of my mind, I was not too concerned because I said, you know, there's some kind of grace period, you know, if you get pulled over and your license is expired by a few days, I mean, they'll let you go. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I can't give you a car if your license is expired. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? And he said, well, maybe you can call your, your local DMV and get them to, you know, email you a copy of your updated license. And I'm like, dude, I live in Livingston, Alabama. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and so I've, I've like got my stuff and I walked over to a windowsill and I just sat down and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know anybody up here. So I called my neighbor police chief and basically found out what I already knew. They couldn't do anything. And um, I just started Googling stuff. And I don't know how, but I figured out that in the state of Alabama, you can get your driver's license renewed online one time, like every eight years or something. Really? And I said, nah, this this is too good to be true. So I started doing it and I was filling out that stuff as quick as I could. Here in a minute, I got an email with my driver's license updated in my email. And I said, no way. So I walked up there, showed it to the guy. He said, that'll work. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, Holy cow. He, another, guy, another guy had walked up behind me and was asking them something. And they said, well, we close in about 10 minutes. I didn't even know they were about to close. So mm. had I not had something, you know, that night, right then, I was about to be sleeping in the airport. Oh, my God. But they gave me a, they basically gave me a brand new Ford truck. <laughs> So it, it worked out in the end, but it, was, it started off a little rocky. Dang, that's that's rough. That's yeah. something so I would have lesson, never thought to check. Now I'm like sitting here looking at my license. I, I, was, I was about to say, lesson learned. Y'all make sure you check your licenses before you go out of state. Yeah, mine expires in February, so I'm going to be good. Ooh. As long as it doesn't expire in May or April. Yeah, well, see, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a May birthday, so mine expired in May. That is... I have people ask me all the time, you know, they'll say, well, you travel a good bit to hunt. What are some things I need to keep in mind? And I always tell them, you know, make sure you know the gun laws of where you're going, you know, call your, call the uh, TSA office in your airport, ask them how they want your, your gun case to look and what they expect of you when you get there, because you know, the TSA has rules, but just because the TSA has rules doesn't mean every TSA agent follows those rules the same way and or interprets them the same way. So, you know, you, you want to kind of find out what the general rules to follow or procedures to follow at, at the airport are. Those are the important things that I always say to check on, and I don't ever mention the driver's license. But, you know, to me, I've, in my mind, the driver's license is what keeps you from getting on the airplane. Yeah. You got yeah. on the airplane with an expired license. I, 
Absolutely. And I, I until y'all just said that, I didn't think anything about that. And I, I guess because <laughs> I, I'm sure I had to use my passport if I, if I got on. Well, there again, you know, you catch the, I guess in this case, we'll say the wrong person on the right day. And he or she may not have even looked at the expiration date of your driver's license. That's true. That's very true. But yeah, you could have used your passport too. Man, yep. you that's amazing. That's so surprising that Alabama allows you to renew your license online. I know. And it it's one time, I think, every eight years. And I guess maybe the reason for it is so they can have an updated picture or something. But I was like, no, this is, it almost looked like a spam site. And I said, this is not going to happen, you know. Wow. But worth a shot. Luckily, it did. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, I, I said, whoever made this site up is about to get 40 bucks out of me. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get a nice try. Yeah. I would totally have done the same thing. Man, that that's crazy. Yep. Well, good yep. deal. Well, Jay, I appreciate you coming on the show with us and enjoyed getting to know you and chatting a little bit. And you keep all those folks in West Alabama straight this coming turkey season and good luck to you stay in touch with us well, I, yeah i appreciate it guys i mean i enjoyed it and you know look forward to hearing more of y'all's podcast and you know if y'all ever need me for anything just feel free to holler at me all right well, certainly we'll do it and let's stay in touch and like i said good luck this coming season y'all too appreciate it all right jay have a good evening see you jay all right y'all too right. see you goodbye see you all right i enjoyed that He's a heck of a nice guy. I do too. I, I think Jay's a great guy. He puts out some good content. If you listen to it, he's a pretty dang good turkey caller. And obviously he's pretty good at trapping coons and believes that it has helped his population on their private land. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it can't hurt. No, I don't see how it could possibly hurt. And I've talked to multiple people now who believe strongly that it really does help a lot. Well, I believe. and even Wild Turkey Doc will confirm that it does help. Yeah, I, I will say I think one of the keys is that you have to be able to trap on a pretty good-sized piece of land. But even if I only had 50 acres or something, I'd try to make sure not one coon ever stepped foot on it, you know? <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. It'd be a good idea to put up a bunch of signs on the property, you know, all along the property line that says, coons beware, coons do not enter, you're taking your life in your own hands, and then you know, you'd probably be able to cut down on having so many of them come onto your property. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And I've honestly considered, even if I hunt, you know, I, I'm hunting public land, you know, around Tennessee, if I kill a turkey on public land, I'm considering kind of making a rule of to pay it back. I, I might go trap maybe three coons off that same property. I feel like that could be a good initiative to start, you know. It would be. Well, in addition to doing the turkey population some good, it is a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's like, to me, it's kind of like a mystery because, or trying to solve a mystery, because if you put a trap out and you don't get one that night, you know, it's time to, to take a step back and look, you know, is it on a good trail? Is it in a good spot? Do you have the right bait? On and on and on. And so, you know, for those of us who love to turkey hunt, mm-hmm. again, you know, we're trying to solve a mystery how do we get that tom to come into our setup so how do we get these coons to in to get in the trap so it's just it's a blast i really enjoy it i have always enjoyed trapping even since i was a kid just trapping squirrels and chipmunks and that kind of stuff around the house you know and i've done that since i was probably nine or ten years old yeah well i hope some people get fired up to go trap coons right now is the time to go get them before turkey season yes indeed so do you have a favor of the week for us this week well i'll go with the initiative if you are trapping right now or if you're about to start trapping or if you trap one in three months if you catch a coon tag us in a picture of it on social media and put hashtag save the pulse and tag us in it you can tag me at the godfather 49 at the turkey hunter podcast or on Facebook. So catch a coon or a possum or a bobcat or a coyote, anything you catch, save the pulse and tag us in it. We'd like to see it. I'll tell you what, I'm going to sweeten the pot. Whoever does that and tags us first, I'm going to send you a free turkey call. Boom. Talk about a favor of the week for both ends. <laughs> you got it. 
There you go. Free turkey call. Hashtag save the Polts and at one of us on social media and you got yourself a free turkey call. First person to do it wins. Man, that's some good stuff. Talk about an easy turkey call right there. It is. It is, no doubt. Well, cool, man. Let's wrap this thing up for the week and get on to next week. Let's do it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and... We look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.